surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello, I am Taylor Nolan, your host, and you are listening to Let's Talk About It. Today, we're going to be talking about emotional piggy banks, specifically within romantic relationships. And I brought on a very special guest, my romantic partner, Derek. Thank you for being here. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> Somebody thinks highly of themselves. This is a lame dad joke that I could. It was. That was definitely a dad joke. Way to start it off with a dad joke in case people didn't know who you were. <laughs> yeah, right. But I'm really thankful to have you on today to talk about emotional piggy banks. It's something that I brought up on the show when we met on Paradise and everyone was like, emotional piggy bank. And then the show kind of made it a thing of, what's your emotional piggy bank look like? But, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit in the episode today. And I I mean, I think think the funny thing about that is um, this is like a second time where like the emotional intelligence thing, when that became a thing. I was blown away that people didn't know what that was. And the same thing with like emotional piggy bank. I right away I I got it because like some of the reading and you know the kind of business my mom runs. This is the mm-hmm. kind of conversations I've had my whole life. So I think it it just goes to speak again to like us being able to communicate with each other. Yeah, we we understand each other's language. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I brought it up on the show and part of it is a personal thing, you know, like your emotional piggy bank within yourself, which I consider part of like your self-care. But then there's also emotional piggy banks like within relationships. And I wanted to talk about it today specifically because I think it's going to be a good refresher for me and Derek, Derek and me, Derek and I. You always correct me on this. Me, me and Derek. You have to remove the other person from it. So It'd be a good refresher for me and Derek. And Derek. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, been I a few years since AP Lit. Sorry. <laughs> don't quote me on that. Somebody's going to correct both of us on this. Yeah. We welcome the correction. It's It's been a few years for us. Uh, but... Yeah, so it's it's important for us specifically this week to do this little refresher as it's going to be Valentine's Day and we are going to be moving soon. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really important for us to take note of our deposits and withdraws. And so I also brought this topic up on Instagram in a poll asking what topic people wanted to hear. It was between love languages and emotional piggy banks. And almost everyone was saying love languages, which is like (laughs) a really popular topic to talk about within relationships. And then I was like, well, wait a second. Maybe not everyone knows what an emotional piggy bank is, and that's why everyone's clicking on love languages. Well, I mean, I think that it's good to start with this one personally because love languages, I think, is actually within emotional piggy bank. Mm -hmm. I feel like emotional piggy bank, like encapsulates it right (laughs) yes i would agree and would definitely love to have you back on for another episode talking about love languages and reflecting on our own love languages which we'll do a little bit in this episode Mm -hmm. but um can definitely spend 
several episodes talking about love languages. But okay, are you ready, Derek, to get into this topic of emotional piggy banks? Um, I'm as ready as I will be. So for, for the record, Taylor and I per- intentionally did not talk at all about what the, the way that this conversation is going to go. So this is just us really talking to each other the way that we would, I would say, at, at home, right? Yeah, I mean, we are at home. We are at home. <laughs> this is partially why, I mean, I wanted, I was like, this is a conversation Derek and I need to have anyway. Like sometimes we'll listen to other podcasts or we'll like share an article with each other and then just kind of go over it and it helps us get to know each other better and it helps us just like reflect on our relationship and where we're at. And I was like, you know, we should do this with our emotional piggy bank. And then I was like, well, wait, I should probably record this too. <laughs> Might be beneficial to like share this with other people. So hopefully you guys uh, find it somewhat relatable or learn something from our conversation. And please be open and respectful of our self-disclosure with our relationship. Yeah, don't, ki- don't be too hard on us. Jeez. <laughs> parts of it, parts of our relationship, we obviously prefer to keep private. And I feel like it's really important that we do have some parts of our relationship that are private, but also that we do have people that have been following us from the beginning and are like emotionally invested in our journey. And if I can help use this platform to use our relationship as a way to help impact other people in their relationships, I feel like it's a really powerful thing to do. And, you know, it's like a conversation that I would share with my friends. So I feel like it's almost the same thing. But we had our cookies. We had our cookies. We filled up, I filled up my stomach piggy bank. (laughs) (laughs) It did. We had some vegan chocolate chip cookies in preparation for this recording. So we're going to talk about emotional piggy banks now. Derek, do you want to start off with what you, how you like define what an emotional piggy bank is? Um, yes, I can. Uh, I was not prepared to start, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can, I I can start. I just I didn't, didn't know, know if, if you wanted to share a little bit about like okay. what your interpretation is of what an emotional piggy bank is. Or mm-hmm. I, I call it emotional piggy bank, but you can also just say emotional bank account. Well, as a I banker. I just don't like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm not about the banking world. So I'm just like, it's a piggy bank. <laughs> as a banker, my uh, understanding of emotional bank account is that we we all only have we all can only have you know two things which are deposits and withdrawals just like you know you do with uh, an actual bank account and i think it's a great visual for people to think about when outside interactions and inner talk as well are affecting kind of how we view our world and how we view ourselves um and then that in turn affects our relationships and how we're relating to other people and and so um, every, almost every interaction is a either a plus or a minus, right? And so we are what those, the sum of all those are. Yeah. I think that's a great uh, description for that. And to piggyback up, piggy bank, <laughs> <laughs> I personally distinguish that there are two different kinds of piggy banks. I believe that there's one that we have internally within ourselves and that's like our emotion our self-care, you know, that's like how we emotionally are feeling within ourselves. Like if we've given a lot to other people and that's a lot of withdrawals. And then when we do our self-care, we're putting into our piggy bank so that we are filled Mm -hmm. up more to have those interactions with other people. And it's something we kind of touched on in our episode with Danielle talking about 
self-care for caregivers. But then there's also this other kind of emotional piggy bank that is more specific to the relationships that you have with other people. Um, It's essentially just a metaphor, basically what you described. It's an account that essentially is tracking your trust and love and admiration. and. So I'm going to use another one of my favorite phrases, which is perception is reality. And so... Why is that one of your favorites? <laughs> Would no, it, does, that, does that sound familiar to anyone? I, I did say that to Chad on, on, on the TV. But um, <laughs> this is something that my mentor, uh, Scott, has said to me for a long time. And so that's why it stuck in my head. And it's, it's a really true statement, right? And so... The way someone else perceives you is the sum of their interactions with you. And while you may be going and doing something else and they don't know about, they they don't know about that, right? Mm -hmm. So the account that you have with them is your account. You don't get to have outside influence. And that brings us to a really important point, which is that the person receiving is in charge of deciding whether or not that interaction was a deposit or a withdrawal. And we'll go through some examples of like our personal deposits and withdrawals. And we'll see there that some of those were intended to be deposits, but the receiver took that in as a withdrawal. And that happens sometimes. Yeah, you don't get to tell people how to think and feel, right? Yeah, you don't. (laughs) You don't get to tell someone, no, I didn't hurt your feelings. Uh, If they say that you hurt their feelings, their feelings are hurt. Uh (laughs) And that's okay. (laughs) But I do want to point out specifically that we're going to be talking about emotional piggy banks in our romantic relationship. And the bank account is literally for like all relationships. Mm -hmm. Like I have one with the person that checked me out at the grocery store today. Like I have one with my mom. I have one with Mm -hmm. my girlfriends. You know, we have them with everyone in our lives. So if you're someone who's single and is listening, just take everything we're saying and apply it to a friendship because it's all across the board. So I would like to give some credit here before we dive into what specifically withdraws and deposits are. So Stephen Covey established the emotional bank account and also John and Julie Gottman, who are like leading researchers in the world of couples therapy. They also use this term, which we'll get to a little bit later. So one of the reasons that the piggy bank is so important is because it's helping us keep track of a positive reserve within the relationship and not, I don't literally mean keeping track, like charting down positive and negative interactions. Although if the relationship does feel super overwhelming, then it might be positive and helpful to start actually tracking the positive encounters. But when we're able to have really good healthy deposits and are making those regularly, then we actually have a greater tolerance when miscommunications come up or when misunderstandings happen that those then become easy things to just work through. But simple misunderstandings and miscommunications can become huge arguments if this account is already low and has had too many withdrawals. So I was listening to a podcast earlier today, actually. And I honestly, I listened to so many, I can't even think of who it was. <laughs> but they were talking about how the way you're viewing things around you, right? It directly affects how you feel about yourself and literally everything. So absolutely, when you are running on E um, for yourself or in e, especially with a relationship you have, you know, I, I we know that this was upcoming or uh, talking about this. And so I was thinking of, okay, if I'm just like really, we're, our, our account between each other is really empty 
and I want this to continue in a positive way, I maybe need to reflect on some positive things, right? And Mm -hmm. not be so focused because then somebody could do something nice for you and it's that, like you already talked about, positives could be viewed as negatives and it's really easy to jump into that and fall into that. It is, yeah. Negative things are super easy for us to focus on and for those to be at the forefront of our mind. The negative things are really easy for us to talk about and they're really easy for us to like think of more frequently, which is why we have to intentionally focus on the positive, which will be one of the points as we work through this that we'll touch on. So hopefully by the end of this episode, you guys will better understand what an emotional piggy bank is how to make deposits, what withdrawals look like, and how to increase the reserve in your emotional piggy bank. Let's do it. Okay. So if you haven't already been able to figure out, deposits are essentially the positive moments within a relationship. Stephen Covey explains deposits as kindness and courtesy, keeping promises, honoring expectations, loyalty to the absent, and making apologies. So I love that last one. Mhm. Cuz that means you screwed up in the first place. <laughs> but like you can still But it doesn't necessarily <laughs> There's hope for everyone. It doesn't necessarily mean that you screwed up in the first place, sure. but it means taking responsibility for your actions. So before we started recording, I did ask Eric to take note of two deposits and two withdrawals that have happened in our relationship. And so I have my two that I'll share and then Derek, you can share your two. I got him. Okay. The first deposit that I wrote down was when this morning, actually, we had to wake up for me to use your car to take you to work. And I'm not a morning person and I don't (laughs) like the time that Derek has to get up to go to work, but I wanted to use his car during the day. So that meant I had to drive him to work. And he called Whole Foods because they have this little waffle bar thing at Whole Foods (laughs) and I love waffles. And... As he was waking me up, he told me that he called Whole Foods to see if they had this that waffle thing, but that they don't, but that he called to see and that if I could start waking up <laughs> and it was really sweet and I just felt like, I felt like it was a really positive thing for you to do. It felt like you were trying to be helpful, which was really nice and it was just very thoughtful and it spoke to my acts of service love language. Waffles is one of Taylor's love languages. I think just specifically waffles. <laughs> it is. I like waffles a lot. There's another time when I tried to make waffles and they were so disgusting, <laughs> which is why I had to call somewhere this time. <laughs> that is true. That's true. But then when you made them and they were terrible, we then remade them together and it was mm-hmm. a good bonding experience. It was. And after the fantasy suites in paradise, we stayed an extra day, an extra two days in Mexico. And the first morning waking up after the fantasy suite, you had woken me up with room service of waffles and French toast. And I thought that was very, very sweet. I'm telling you, waffles is your love language. (laughs) It's not acts of service. It's just waffles. (laughs) Okay. Okay. It's waffles. Um, So that was the first deposit that I wrote down. And the second one was when... We went to the city this weekend to go see a musical and you took me to Kinky Boots. Granted, I was pretty resistant. Oh, really? (laughs) And I was pretty difficult because I knew which musical I wanted to go see. I wanted to go see Book of Mormon and 
I didn't care about any of the other mus- musicals. It was her first musical. So. Yes. It was the first one. And I had been really wanting to go to a musical to like really feel like I was actually taking in New York because I had came to New York a few times to visit Derek and we hadn't done a lot in the city. I hadn't felt like I had experienced New York yet. And it was really important to me that I feel like I'm being taken out on a date in New York. And so I was really happy to feel like that need was being met and that you were listening and hearing me on what I was communicating to you that I would like. And even though it wasn't the one I would have chosen, I was like, trust him, trust him. It's the thought that matters. Just go with it. It might not be Book of Mormon, but we can get to Book of Mormon later. (laughs) So, and it was a super, super fun time. And I felt super connected to you. uh, And it was a like major deposit for me. Yeah. And once we got there, you were like, you, I remember you hitting me when the lead, like when the lead singer started, and you're like, "Oh my god, he is so good." Yeah. <laughs> I was like shoving Derek. I was like, "Oh my god, everyone is so good." <laughs> yes. So, what were your two positives? Um, so the first thing is I run our online banking for our our bank, and we've been planning this whole new account opening thing that happens all electronically and I keep talking to Taylor about all of these plans that I have and plans that I have and plans that I have and then finally we like signed this agreement that allows us to start all of this and I I, I mean I think this was kind of more of an ongoing um, positive but throughout all of this it's a lot of things that Taylor has no background in. I don't like numbers. <laughs> yeah. That's why I talk on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know in a lot of ways that like she was having to like learn and kind of listen to totally new set of jargon that I was speaking. Mm-hmm. But, it was a language I was not familiar with. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, you know, every time I like, I'm, I'm excited about it and specifically last week when we signed this and we got moving I was very excited and you like I could sense your like understanding and acceptance and really just like sharing that win with me right so that was my first positive is is uh, just I would call it uh, sharing wins Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then the second one which is my favorite moment of I think our whole relationship was when I was getting ready to move to New York and I was, mm-hmm. I was like very stressed. I carry a lot of stress and you read through that and you, and we'd been like really trying to organize and figure out exactly how are, are is she, is, is Taylor going to get to, um, you know, where I can go pick her up from the airport and here I'm in the middle of moving and the lo- closest airport is three hours away in Minneapolis. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, she just showed up at the door with a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Will you accept this pizza rose? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It had a rose in it. Um, so, so, so during this time where I was like very stressed out and very low with my own bank account and self care and self care, yeah. yeah. Here you came in and you you made a self sacrifice and just like showed me this like adoration and fondness that was really huge for me to see because it, it was like don't worry about all the rest. You know, you got her. So. Yeah, I was, was like, a, I'm here. It will be okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were so confused. <laughs> I was. I like... I, you like, imme- like I had you like a were, panic attack. <laughs> you were in shock and then you were just crying. <laughs> <laughs> it was very sweet though. <laughs> Nobody's ever done something like that for me. That was yeah. so nice. Yeah. 
No good. It's it's one of my favorite memories too. The the weirdest thing about that was there was like a bunch of people when you shared that that were like, you should never show up at a man's house without unannounced. What What do you think I'm doing on the side? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, you thought I was the police for some reason. I don't know. It was like a weird time, like late at night. I was like, yeah, it was late at night, and yeah. So now that we have uncovered our two deposits here. I want to go through and really specify why those were deposits. And we kind of talked through a little bit here, but in terms of what the bank account looks like, I want to go through and point out how these were deposits. So that goes back to some of the things that I that I quickly went through and listed about how Stephen had organized them. So for one, that the understanding of that person and practicing that kindness helps you to develop a deposit. So for my example, with the waffle thing, like he had active, actually with both examples, that's something that you've learned about me, you know, like you've paid attention to, and that's something that you've learned about me as your partner and you've paid attention to. Number two, the keeping promises or uh, showing commitment, you followed through with kinky boots. You know, I communicated my clear expectation of something that I wanted to do, and you heard me out on that, and you followed through. You said you wanted a date. Yeah. And and that also is, like, remembering the little things, too. Like, you remembered something as small as me really, really liking waffles, you know, which is, like, a small, simple thing, just something I like to eat, but you understand that it actually is like really important. Yeah, I think if I would have had the waffles, it would have been bigger. It would have been like a grand slam instead of a home run. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, definitely the honoring the expectations, the keeping promises piece of that, I think in both of those examples, you definitely displayed. And I think for your examples of deposits... Yeah, I might need your help with this because I haven't analyzed these kinds of things before. Yeah. Well... For years, you know, you're saying that I share your wins. Mm -hmm. And that to me says that I'm being kind. Yeah. Yeah. That. I think that's like, that's really empathy, right? Yeah. On the, on the deposit side, what's really important is, um, I think all of those spoke to like knowing the other person, right? And that it's more meaningful if it's because you're listening to them versus just doing something that makes you feel good or just doing something Mm -hmm. that should be good is much different than doing something that means something to that person, right? Well, yeah, and that's exactly why it's up to the receiver whether or not it's a deposit or a withdrawal. Makes sense. One thing as I was researching for this that I learned, which wasn't something I'd ever really thought about with an emotional piggy bank, but that we are building and withdrawing from piggy banks with people that we may not even be directly interacting with. Mm -hmm. So like a deposit that I can say for you, when I observe you interact with your sister, Rachel, for me, that's a deposit. Like Mm -hmm. watching that positive interaction from you fills me and makes me think fondly and po- and feel positively towards you. Whereas, like, I'm sure when you see me with Theo, <laughs> you get filled. Right? Who's Theo? Your other boyfriend? My boyfriend, Gat. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I get but... filled with allergies. That's what happens <laughs> to me when I think of your cats. Yes. But can you think of a deposit that that you see from me or maybe a friend or someone uh, well, I think that isn't necessarily a direct interaction with that person? Definitely. I think we can go back to even what we talked about last time I was on the podcast, which was um, meeting some of your friends for the first time and the amount that I learned about you in those couple of days, those first couple of days when I was in um, Seattle, just like by seeing how you interact with your friends and um, how much they care about you, it does really solidify things or it did really solidify things to see like a totally different side and part of you that had really nothing to do with me and them or, you, you know, you and me. It was all your interactions with them. Yeah. And I think it's not something that we do intentionally, but I think once we, like once I had thought about that and realized that it it makes you so much more aware of how you are carrying yourself with people because you could have no clue whose piggy bank and relationship you're impacting by having an interaction or doing something, you know, it just, it helps make you think of how you're carrying yourself. And, you know, when we look at what the deposits look like or what they mean or what they're saying to you in order for them to be a deposit, like the example with your sister, that's you like practicing kindness and like honoring expectations. Like when you follow through and like do favors and do things that she asks you to do, you know, that means a lot to me to see. And for me with my friends, I mean, I would think kindness and I would think the loyalty there. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think that, sorry to go off topic slightly because uh, I am in, in the old good old corporate world, but I think that that um, impacts those relationships constantly there as well, right? Because there's like a general perception that happens about everybody. And um, absolutely, if you're like bad talking somebody on the side or you fall through on some uh, promise you've had with somebody else, they could very easily go and talk with other people about that and you don't even know about that, right? Like, Well, not even them going and talking to other people about it, but just them seeing it themselves isn't mm-hmm. going to make them, like, that's going to be Yeah, other a people withdraw. observe that, right? So I'm going to bring this back real quick to <laughs> Bachelor World again. Maybe that was a bad example, the work one. <laughs> I think people can relate to the work one, but sure, let's see what okay. we got going on in the Bachelor World. When I said perception is reality to Chad, and he didn't seem to understand what that meant. <laughs> I know nothing at all what that's like. Right. (laughs) You sure you never said anything on TV where people didn't know what you're talking about? When I said that to him, you know, and I tried to explain it to him, he's he said to me, "We've we've never had any interactions or any problems before." And I said, "That doesn't matter. It's not about what is happening with me. It's about what you're doing with my whole experience and how you're affecting all the people around me. Well, it's how you are seeing his interactions mm-hmm. with other people. Exactly. But that that's impacting your relationship with him. Exactly. And we yeah. made, our, our, our communication was very minimal up to that point in time. But yeah. I mean, he was ruining everything left and right. And but, that, what does that make me feel about somebody like that, right? Yeah. Well, and that, that I think also goes to show that before you even really have a actual face-to-face interaction with someone, we are making those snap judgments and we are observing people. And, you know, if it's before we even know someone, I'm trying to be very aware that these things are 
are maybe withdraws that are making us want to avoid the person or having us put our walls up towards this person, but to keep in mind that we want to separate the person from the behavior. Hmm. I don't know that I understand what that means. So I want to take a quick break to share this app that I've been using called LifeSum. I've talked about it a few times on the podcast because I just love using it and I really want you guys to check it out. Their goal is to help people to achieve healthier lives, which I'm totally on board with. I'm becoming really obsessed with their healthy recipes feature, which you can have access to as a premium member. But don't worry, I have a hookup for you. You can go to lifesum.com slash let's talk and you can get access to these recipes for 30% off. I had this beautiful breakfast bowl, totally Instagram worthy, but I just started eating it instead because it looked so delicious and it was as delicious as it was beautiful. It had mixed berries, bananas, some watermelon and honey. It was so tasty and it just made me feel like summer is on the way. It was such a nice treat. You can upgrade to get access to delicious meals like this for 30% off by going to lifesum.com slash let's talk for 30% off your premium membership. But back to the show. So <laughs> we're going to move on into the withdrawals here for this part. Okay. Uh, that so, was a good segue. <laughs> thanks. I didn't even know you were segueing me. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you've been segued. Are those the things you drive around? <laughs> Is it the same name? Aren't they? We haven't even had children yet. <laughs> you don't you don't have children. How are you already such a dad? <laughs> I don't understand. So we've shared our two deposits and why they were deposits for us, like why we interpreted those as acts of kindness, offering loving support, a positive moment that it helped to build our trust with each other. And even as we discuss through some of the withdrawals, uh, you'll see that we use some of those deposits or those actions to help increase the deposits. So separating the person from the problem, I think, has a really big impact on deciding whether or not something is a withdrawal. Because if we can separate, it's, it's like the guilt versus shame. Guilt is I did something bad. Shame is I am bad. Mm-hmm. So when we are attaching the behavior to the person, granted, sometimes it is a habit, a habitual pattern of behavior that is more speaking to that person's personality. And that's something to be aware of. But to separate the person's behavior from who they are as a person helps you to be able to work through that negative interaction because you're not attaching that shame onto them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I think that kind of goes back to what I said earlier that your piggy bank balance and the way that you're viewing somebody could be skewed by just the way that you're viewing the whole every situation and interaction. Like you could have one interaction with somebody and it would be viewed as positive and another interaction with somebody else that would be the same but it would be viewed as negative, right? And it's and you're saying are you I don't know, maybe you aren't. Are you saying to be mindful of Focusing on that action? Yes. Because if you it, can. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you can do your best to separate the, the action from the person, because then you can focus on changing that action or communicating about that specific action as opposed to making it a very personal thing because then that 
will likely elicit a response of defensiveness. So like if it's someone you have to work with or someone that you live with or someone that you love, Mm -hmm. detaching the behavior from the person is going to help you to still look at them as that person that you love or that person that you respect. Yeah, not being reactional, but being um, mindful, I guess. Yeah. Again, just to go over definitions of things and making sure that we're being specific here, withdrawals are the opposites of deposits. They are the negative comments. They are not following through with commitments. When you're not getting along with someone, the withdrawals from the emotional bank account become that much more intense. And when the account is already pretty low and the withdrawals are just keep coming, that's oftentimes a sign of an end of a relationship. Mm-hmm. So we will get into the four horsemen of the apocalypse that Julie and John Jotman created. It's basically the indicators of failing relationships. And these play a big role in withdrawals in a relationship. Again, we're talking about in terms of romantic relationships, but this can be applied in any relationship. So do you want to start off sharing your withdrawals? I'm first this time. Withdrawals? <laughs> yeah. Either one works Your withdrawals. Me. Okay, so I think apropos to go ahead and talk about bank accounts, <laughs> since we're talking about bank accounts. So there was, it, 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 over the course of a while, Taylor had been kind of trying to figure out how to change some finances and and uh, change some of her bank accounts around. And I had... Actual bank accounts. Actual bank accounts, Yes. And that's like my my thing. That's I, this is my expertise, my area of expertise. And I tried to give some advice, and um, it wasn't accepted. And in fact, a totally different action based on someone else's advice was the way that um, you know it was the course of action that Taylor took, right? And um, and the end, it turned out that. It wasn't that even. It didn't have the result you'd hope for, right? And I, it was a tough situation because I was put in. I had been trying to like deposit in the best way possible by like I was very excited. I could get, provide my expertise, and in the end, it made it feel like you didn't feel that the thing I was like very. I was. I I, I felt very good about knowing was an important thing, right? So at that point in time, I was like very, it made me feel bad about myself. So it ended up being a withdrawal for you. It was intended to be a deposit, mm-hmm. but I perceived it as a withdrawal. And then it also had become a withdrawal for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and for me in that example, you know, I could see that your intent was to be supportive, to lend your advice and it had felt like a little too late, one of those things. Like I had been working up to make a decision with what I wanted to do financially and was really proud of myself and was like so happy at the fact that I had finally done it and was really proud of myself. And when I had gone to share it, then you had advice that was negating everything I had just done. And so I could see that it was trying to be a deposit, but I was like, are you serious? And was like, distraught over it and it it was not a good interaction and then I could see where my reaction to that then made you feel like I didn't Mm -hmm. acknowledge your 
expertise or take into consideration your advice? Well, here's a good real-time reaction. I think you even misheard what I just said because I don't think you've realized that I had given you my suggestion probably five or six times before that. But you had also said that we were going, because when I'd come here, we had had multiple conversations about to hold off and not do anything because we would go to the bank together and you would help me and you would show me. And this is where the keeping promises comes into play because I didn't feel like I could count on you in that area. And even though I trusted your advice, I didn't feel like... Because I understand it's your area of expertise. But before that, you didn't feel like you could trust me on that. Why? Not that I couldn't trust your advice on it, but that I couldn't trust that you would follow through with your words of saying that you were going to help me and that we were going to go do it together. And so I'd already been holding off for months and then finally took the time and had talked to some other people and was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I can do this myself. And like was really nervous about it and felt like I had accomplished something great and that it wasn't... Mm-hmm. what you would have advised, but I didn't know what you would have advised because we never took the time to go do it. So this is a good point to make where sometimes it's not about doing things the right, perfect way, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's about taking action. So that's what I take away from that is that you felt you couldn't depend on me because I had been so busy and we hadn't been able to really take the time to put this time aside, right? Yeah. And so this thing that I was excited about then, if we could, if we could have just, if we would have just taken action, right? And so yeah. this is where you can paralyze yourself with an action. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's easier to ask her for forgiveness mm-hmm. and, uh, and show that you actually did care and think about the other person, right? Yeah. And I did know, like I knew that your intent was positive and I knew that you did want to go and do those things with me and I could tell that you were so busy and I knew you were focused on banking and and the whole other world so I was (laughs) like he's doing enough banking and I had always felt like this was something I needed to really do on my own and so as much as it would have been much easier for me and much more enjoyable to have literally gone to the bank with you, but I didn't have much more time. And I felt like I had been putting it off and putting it off, putting it off and was like, you know what, if I can just like take in a collection of advice (laughs) and hopefully do the best with that, that I can, it was, it was a lot of miscommunication. But I think afterwards when we did discuss it, like you understood for me, why it was such a big deal, why I had such a, such the strong emotional reaction. I mean, literally, like when you started telling me how I should have gone about it instead, I like burst into tears and was like super pissed. Well, you were very, it was a very, it, you felt like very liberated by what you had done. I was calling him in a very excited <laughs> state. I was like ecstatic and was so proud of myself. So I was really riding a high. Well, and then I like came crashing down. But I don't felt like maybe we're remembering this differently. But the way I remember, (laughs) well, we definitely yes, exactly, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, My memory is that I you spoke of your goals with what you had done, and I said, "Oh well, that doesn't quite achieve that." So I didn't tell you that I didn't just come out and be like, "You shouldn't have done that because of this." No, 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 you didn't. You didn't. Yeah. But but in my head that's where it that's was like wait so you're yeah. telling me that I 
that everything I just did didn't matter. And this is also where there was a difference in communication because you were speaking to the logistical things, whereas right. I was calling to tell you how excited I was right. and how proud of myself I was that I had just done something. So mm-hmm. that was, again, where like I was speaking emotion language and you were speaking logic language. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> but... I think afterwards, like we had worked through it. I think that's a super good yeah. example, though, of a withdrawal because it was for both of us. Mm-hmm. It was not a filling positive interaction that we had. But I think afterwards, we did talk through it, and I I know I felt better about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good that we're talking about it now because now we're learning even more about it. Mm-hmm. Look at seeing it differently this time than we did then. Withdrawals are tough. They it's are. Hard. It's easy to avoid talking about them. It is, but like this is where the magic is. This mm-hmm. is where we start to feel connected when we can start working through these things. They're not easy, but well, we got to work through them. And that withdrawal became a deposit because it involves some apologies and you know some clarifications and um, clear communication. Clear yeah, communication. absolutely. So before we go into what your second withdrawal was, I want to touch on how this example used any of the four horsemen. So the first horseman is criticism, which is where we're making general absolute comments or statements about your partner where you're personalizing the action to the person and just making it a general statement. Like, you never think about my banking statements. You (laughs) always tell me to do this. You always. (laughs) You always say you're going to do something and you never follow through. Those comments. Yeah, that was that made me feel really icky saying. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. Um, That was cute. I don't think that that... I don't think that that one played into that example. Um, The second one is contempt. When we communicate in a state where we're actually just really being mean, where we're treating someone with disrespect or we're mocking them or ridiculing. That's when name calling comes in or mimicking or eye rolling, uh, dismissive body language. I was thinking of contempt as like, you're so dumb. Yeah. That's like how I... Mm -hmm. See, and I think you weren't saying that, but I was projecting out that you might have been saying that Mm -hmm. because I'm already insecure when it comes to like finances and like being smart about banking and numbers that I was already at like such a sensitive state for that. So like you calling me out on that was like, oh my God, is he saying I'm stupid? When it's like, no, like he's not saying that I'm... Wait, you did what? Right? Like that was my logic brain trying to make sense of it. Mm -hmm. And you were thinking the wholly opposite. So that's like a point in time where I should have been more aware of how like important this was to you personally mm-hmm. versus like whether it was a perfectly correct way to do something, right? Yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that, but I also like don't want you to put that amount of pressure on yourself, like to say that you should have, you know, like maybe something to focus on in the future. But like, I think it's natural that it, that it came up. Yeah, like we can't this. be perfect. Yeah. Um, but again, like that was definitely me already being insecure about being stupid and misconstruing what you're saying to saying that I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. <laughs> it with, does. I mean, like in a lot of relationships, mm-hmm. people take that. That one I think yeah. is like the biggest. Yeah. Well, and so, I mean, what I'm describing now is more projection, but mm-hmm. I definitely had like projected contempt mm-hmm. with you in that 
situation. The third horseman is defensiveness. And I think both of us then went into a state of defensiveness. Immediately. Yeah. (laughs) I was like crying and was like, are you kidding me? Um, But that's when, I mean, we were over the phone, so we couldn't look at each other's body posture. But, um, you know, we then start like making excuses or giving explanations that then puts the fault back on the other person. Um, And it just leads to like a blame game, you know? Mm -hmm. I think in this situation, we both started, you know, being defensive and blaming each other for miscommunication. Yeah, exactly. For the miscommunication. Because it wasn't about whether one of us was right or wrong. It was about who was who who made the other yeah. person feel bad well i partially <laughs> it was both withdrawals on both sides right yes but i partially was also definitely blaming you for the fact that you were telling me that i didn't do it the right way or that i should have done it a different way and that well i went and did it this way now because we didn't ever go and so like if you had taken the time for us to go, and I think I literally said these things, um, that that was me blaming you. Mm-hmm. And so that was definitely me responding in a state of defensiveness. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth horseman is stonewalling, where you shut down, you literally like become a stone wall. Yeah. And you're just totally disengaged. You're not listening. You're just saying in your, in your head, like, just don't say anything. Just don't even say anything. And yeah, that was- definitely didn't happen. We were just... We were a box of emotions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are the four horsemen, and we'll go back to those two with the next the example next here. Yeah. Okay. So let's hear your number two. Okay. So number two. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fun part. <laughs> the number two jokes. <laughs> it's always poop. <laughs> um, the second one happened, I think it was just last week, when so Taylor and I have been apartment hunting for a long time now. Um, and that, I mean, I think 15,000 different polls will tell you that that's one of the top stressful, most stressful things you can do in your life. It is. And um, it, at the tail end, I th- we, we'd started to make a decision on what direction we want to go. And I called, um, we were kind of negotiating a little bit, and I called over to the property management company while you know, we were just in the car together over over the um, over the Bluetooth. And then I was very happy afterwards. I, I left a message, right? And after I was very happy afterwards. It's like, okay, we're moving forward, you know? And I here I was like elated and, you know, smiling. And the first response I got um, was, you know, why did you do that? Why didn't you tell me what you were doing? And, yeah, because I didn't know that he was calling them. Mm-hmm. I thought he was like making a work call or something. Right. And uh, also then um, that I had not only done it incorrectly, but that I like really forgot a lot of things. And, you know, here I was, here I went from all being all excited about having done something positive and it was like totally undercut from, and and it went the opposite direction to where I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I was inflated and I was just like, you know, in, in the office when like Dwight's, the thing he's sitting on gets popped and he just falls to the ground. <laughs> That's what I felt like. <laughs> yes. Well, and I think it's interesting too that, I mean, this withdrawal for withdrawal for you is basically a, a little bit of the opposite of your first example of withdrawal for me. Mm-hmm. That like you were super excited doing this thing and like so, so I, 
in hearing you describe it back, like I can relate to how you felt after we just talked about that first mm-hmm. withdrawal. Um, but well, and, and right away, you know, this was this one this one stuck to, stuck with me as an important you know, like a big withdrawal, and it is certainly something that I'm learning to like get through and not let it affect other things. Mm-hmm. Um, withdrawals, even though you can make deposits after the fact, they, they still can hang around. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, but like to your, um, to speak to you right afterwards, when I pointed that out to you, how that made me feel, how your action made me feel, you know, you were, um, very like you were apologetic quickly and you reacted positively once I spoke about how it made me feel. Right. Which is, um, some of the some of the relationship speak that I learned from us talking about some of these um, four horsemen when you know you introduced me to the the concept of these, and that instead of saying the you always or you you never to talking about mm-hmm. how you feel, and I think this is something that I do I I do pretty well just like from my background I don't know, but like now I realize that I need to speak that way, especially when yeah. there's issues, right? When there's like these tough especially conversations. Especially when conflict comes yes, up. there yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so I think because I said things in that way, you didn't feel like I was attacking you back. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think I was super appreciative that you were able to communicate to me because even in the moment as I was like, wait, why did you call him? Like I felt this sense of like anxiety coming up for me and being like, you just had a conversation with the people that we might be moving in with. And like, I didn't, I wasn't a part of it. Like it was just, it was like a sense of loss for me. And instead of like speaking to that, instead of speaking to like, wait, like I would have really liked to have been included in on that, you know, like that makes me sad. That makes me feel left out. Um, I communicated like blame and criticism, I would mm-hmm. say a little bit of, and maybe a little bit more of contempt actually that like you didn't do that right. Like you missed that piece and you missed that piece. It was a um, lot. Yeah, it was a lot of negative all at once. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember what you explained back to me was feeling like you were, I guess again, yeah, the opposite of what we just discussed in the last example. Yeah. I felt like you were calling you, me stupid. Yeah. Whereas another one, I felt like you were calling me stupid. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's. I was able to, I think, stop and like say, you know, that wasn't like, I don't think that you were stupid and I don't think it, it, it more had to do with like, I wasn't speaking to what was actually going on inside me. Mm-hmm. And it took me a second to reflect on that and be like, okay, something I'm working on overall anyway, generally as like, <laughs> as we continue our relationship and, you know, take steps farther is to get a lot more comfortable with things not happening on my time when I want and how I want. That's tough for both of us. It is because we're both very like strong, stubborn people. And so I think in that example, it was like, I would have handled that way differently. I would have wanted this to happen and that I needed to like let go of that and be like, it's okay. Like he did that totally fine. Like there's nothing wrong with how you did that and that it was more speaking to an issue that I was having with control. Mm -hmm. But I think that definitely defensiveness and a little bit of contempt played a part in that withdrawal. Well, and then I think going back and comparing it to the the previous 
withdrawal. This involved action on my part, right? Like there was, mm-hmm. this was, this was not about inaction causing and creating a scenario. Yeah. This is action. And so you were definitely following up on a commitment. Yeah, exactly. It just wasn't clearly communicated. Right. Yeah. But in the end, it's more important oftentimes, I think personally to like take action and do something. Well, I can see. And like, again, I can see the intent in it. Exactly. Your intent in That's, it was to do something positive for our relationship and to check another thing off of our box. And like, at the end of the day, I was thankful and appreciative that you did do that, that you had that call. So I'm going to share my two withdrawals. Oh, get ready. <laughs> and it's really interesting because the first one has to do with finances again. <laughs> <laughs> so your first withdrawal about my insecurity with finances is coming up in my first withdrawal. Um, I really am all about the emotional piggy banks. I just really don't like the actual <laughs> piggy banks. <laughs> Maybe that's why we're like a, you know. That's why we balance each other out because I can like learn from you. We just haven't been able to reach that sweet spot yet with how we bounce off each other that way. But finances are hard. They're like one of the number one, one of like the top three things that couples argue about. Yeah. Couples fight over, which is why it is so important to communicate about. So as you're talking about your emotional piggy bank, maybe see where your financial (laughs) bank account, please. (laughs) Please do it. A little bit of practical suggestions there so this example we've been re-watching friends and in one of the episodes this literally was last night yeah this was (laughs) so we were spooning on the couch and i was like really excited it was good that we were spooning with each other and felt nice to have that physical affection and joey made a comment to chandler about like not understanding how to like pay his bills or something you know like joey's character is definitely characterized as like being stupid and you know as we watch it typically we're like watching something that rachel or monica are doing and are like oh that's totally you taylor like oh that's that was a very taylor thing and joey said that and chandler was like you know kind of blown away at the fact that like joey was so ignorant and stupid to the bills and Derek made a comment in my ear of like oh (laughs) that's so you and I was like excuse me (laughs) (laughs) I was like I'm sorry what (laughs) and like at first I don't think you really got it no I didn't at first because I thought it was just like a funny funny joke yeah like you definitely intended it to be just like a funny jab or like a funny comments i don't know you thought it was gonna be like a deposit i guess but for me it was a withdrawal because again finances i think if the one thing you take away from uh, this conversation derek (laughs) is uh finances is something i'm insecure about and so let's not make fun of taylor when it comes to her finances um but you know i immediately felt like you were saying i'm stupid or it felt like you weren't being kind and it felt like outright mean. Mm-hmm. And I know that I knew in the moment as you were saying it that you didn't intend it to be that way. But I was still like, you don't see how that's like offensive. And again, that's part of where like as you build your love maps and as you get to know your partner better, you understand more the things that they think are funny and the things that they don't think are funny. And this was like a good learning example of when Derek learned that 
this wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah, I learned which lines to draw inside of there very mm-hmm. quickly. No, and and I think you you took the it was like there was like a like a definitely like a room silence silence that occurred you had a second to like read the audience there, there you go. <laughs> and i don't think you're getting the reaction you want uh-uh and then once you once you said that like that was really mean i think is what you said to me mm-hmm. and my, res- my my response was like wait really and then i kind of put the puzzle pieces together that you had just talked about and i realized Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I can see how that, like, and I said, I'm sorry, that wasn't my intention, Mm -hmm. was not to cut you down. My intention was to, like, kind of make a funny joke about the Mm -hmm. situation we're in right now. Yeah. It wasn't, like, to cut you down. But that funny joke had some, like, mean truth behind it. It, it And that's where, like... One thing I frequently tell Derek is that he's not a stand-up comedian. <laughs> Just yeah. a like friendly reminder that he's not a stand-up comedian because sometimes your jokes, like I love your humor and that's something we definitely connect on and connected on like really early on. But sometimes I'm like, no, what you're saying is just offensive. (laughs) Like if you were up on stage, it'd be great and people would laugh and it'd be (laughs) hilarious, but not in real life. You just sound like a jerk. (laughs) And this was one of those moments. I filter myself so much throughout the day that I come home and I just like let it all down. (laughs) Yeah. Working in corporate, you can't make all all your uh, Derek jokes. No. Yeah. So which of the four horsemen do you think played a role in this example? Criticism, contempt, defensiveness, stonewalling. Um, Well, I think the one positive that I'll say about us is that stonewalling is very uncommon because we both like over talk things. (laughs) I would say I do occasionally stonewall. You definitely do. I do. I check out and that's when you know you really lost me because I'm like, nope, I don't even care to go there. Mm -hmm. So, but, but then there are repairs and we'll get to the repairs to how to work through some of the four horsemen and how to work through the withdrawals. My thumb is up for the listeners. <laughs> um, so I think that's definitely out of the, the picture here. Criticism, I think you definitely perceived that as criticism. And I also think because that was a very, very dry joke um, that it it what there was a little bit of an undertone of criticism there right mm-hmm. and and so i didn't think about that when i said it but certainly realized that it did exist after the fact yeah. and so i think that definitely like existed there um because it was about who you are at the core right it yeah. wasn't it was like a you you always you never kind of mm-hmm. thing right oh this is so you you're always this way yep. even though i didn't explicitly say it yep um i think contempt you felt because you thought that it meant that I was saying you're stupid again, right? <laughs> well, because literally it was about how Joey was stupid and you're like, oh, that's so you. <laughs> it's t- That's tough. That's like a weird, you know, Joey's whole character is about being like He's He's funny, ditzy. but it's also like in, a, in an endearing way. Yeah. But. I have to think about that now more when I, when like my friends and I are talking about comparing people to. To friends and office characters. To like just characters on TV. Yeah. Because. Maybe, maybe like don't don't say that those things about your like ditzy friends because that's kind of mean. Now that I think <laughs> about it, it is. <laughs> like sometimes we'll say how I'm like Monica because she's like very Type A. Like she wants th- something to be in its place right there, and like it needs to be organized, and like that's 
very much me. But like that's you mean something... like how you wouldn't eat pretzels from the communal pretzel bowl earlier tonight? Because <laughs> I don't want germs. <laughs> <laughs> germs make you stronger, kids. Dirt germs, not people germs. All I of them. don't like people germs. I like dirt germs. He's licking his hand right now and it's just really gross. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I think that it, it depends because there's a certain level of like awareness and confidence that a person will already have with that that makes it okay to make those True. jokes. And that's where, again, it comes down to like understanding the person and really listening when they do, when you are communicating with them because then you're learning those things. You yeah, know, that's a really good point. Like we've discussed how sometimes. I, you know, I'm an only child and sometimes I enjoy being spoiled and taking care of with certain things. And so it's like, sometimes I am like Rachel. And if there's something that Rachel's doing where like, she's being very spoiled and we point that out, it's like, I can laugh at that. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, I know. Like that is me, you yeah. know? That's a single child joke that we've always kind of made. Yeah. yeah. So that makes sense. definitely a little bit of contempt there. I don't really think that, think that there was any defensiveness in it because I think, no. You heard me when I communicated it to you, and I think I responded as opposed to reacting. Like, I could have immediately reacted and been like, say what? Okay. Pause, because those were the words I was searching for earlier when I was talking about being mindful. Mm -hmm. It's like the reacting and responding. Mm -hmm. And those are really important to think about, I think, is how do you handle any type of adversity? Do you just react or do you take even just a second, yeah. right? And so this is something very, very simply like at work, I've told my employees, I could tell when they're just responding to stuff, just reacting. I'm sorry, these the wrong word. Just reacting to stuff in email. It's, it comes across very, very obviously, right? It, and I, it's, it's like, just take two seconds and think about what you're going to, s- s- think about what you just typed before you hit send. Do you actually want to send that? And I think that that's like easier to think about in an email than just talking to a person. Well, and I think when talking to a person and being in real life face-to-face time, that that is where literally count in your head to five seconds or literally say to that person, hold on, I'm collecting my thoughts. And even if you're saying it maybe a little bit with an attitude or like, hold on, I'm processing my thoughts <laughs> because in that split second, as soon as you had made that comment, I felt this rush of emotion mm-hmm. and it was to immediately defend myself. And I, I felt that come in and then I was like, that hurt my feelings. I, I feel like that was mean. Mm-hmm. And so you were able, we were able to just have that like, quick conversation about it and like move forward, you know, as opposed to letting it be a really big thing. And I also think we were already having a current deposit of spooning that helped (laughs) us to already be adding into our bank account. So we had that energy. We viewed it differently. Yes. And if we hadn't, had he been on the other side of the couch, we had had distance between us or if he had like done my second example of a withdrawal, which I'm going to get to in a second, then... That little misunderstanding, I could have not had that trust built up in the bank account to be Mm -hmm. able to like have that second of mindfulness. It could have been a lot more difficult and it could have really spiraled. I think it's really hard for people to keep in mind sometimes. We get so focused on what we're saying Mm -hmm. and it's more, I think most of the time, it's more important to be mindful of how you're saying it. Because you could use the same words and say it in a different way Mm -hmm. and the effect is like... You know, 
I could have said that was effing mean. Right. And said I was or like, you even could that have said, was mean. Even, yeah, you said that was mean. Or you, you could have been like, that was mean. <laughs> right? Like you could have yelled it at me. And then I would have instantly. Your guard would have been Yeah, now my guard is up. Right? Yeah, exactly. So okay. you have to manage other people too sometimes. Well, manage yourself. Yes, that comes first. Yeah. So my second example of a withdrawal in our emotional piggy bank is, I think this was last week, um, at the beginning of my visit, I had been recording, I had just finished recording podcast and was working on finishing it up. And he had texted me saying that he was coming home and that he had left his chili out all night. So there wasn't going to be food. And I was just like quickly responding. And I was like, yeah, I'm still working. So, okay. And he had said, maybe I'll pick up food. And I just like didn't respond to it. And I don't know, you'd ask me something else. And then when you came in the door, you had food and I was like, oh, where'd you go? And you were like, I got a burger from Bear Burger. And I was like, oh, would you, did you get me something? (laughs) and you hadn't got me anything. And that really hurt me because it made me feel like you hadn't thought of me. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't, it wasn't thoughtful. I wasn't considered. And it definitely felt like a negative interaction that made me feel less trusting of you and made me feel less important to you to consider that I might want to eat something too because I've been working all day just how you have. Right. We had an MC that made you feel unimportant to me, right? Mm-hmm. And I use MC because that means miscommunication. It's, it's Taylor's uh, quick, uh, what, is it, what are those called? Acronym. Acronym, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say if we have a little MC, we just got to make sure we get that QT. <laughs> if you have a little miscommunication, just got to make sure you get some quality time because hopefully the, the quality time being one of the five love languages um, you know, if we actually set aside that time for each other, then we can focus on building that up and doing some of those repairs to help mend that miscommunication or that withdrawal. So it was a it was definitely a miscommunication where we were both super laser focused on ourselves, right? Each of us were focused on work. And so here I thought I had communicated and it was not effectively, right? And, and yeah. I think after the fact not to cut to the chase too much, but we did kind of get to saying, okay, well, in the future, you need to say it this way to me. Yeah, because I think my thing was like, you didn't ask me. Mm-hmm. And that that was what was hurtful. was like, you said, maybe you'll get food. And again, this is all over text. So it's like very, very, very easy to have MCs over text. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, you know, you just said, maybe you'll get food. And I was like, okay, cool. And, and, and the fact that like in my head, I'm going through this, like, okay, he knew I was busy working and that we didn't really have food. And then he went to Bear Burger and he sat in line and made an order and didn't think if I would want something, he had the time where he could have called me or he could have texted me asking me if I wanted something or what would I like. And then that would have been a great deposit Mm -hmm. that that would have like really filled me. And so when you said that you were going to go get food in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, like he's going to come home with food for us (laughs) and that's going to be great. And then I get to like sit down and like ask him how his day was, like all this stuff. And I think that the way that I communicated it to you was I was just sad. Mm -hmm. Well, it was the fact that like you only got food for yourself 
Listen, I was hangry and I was hungry. <laughs> yeah, but then you could have mended like both of our hangerness. I agree, but I wasn't I wasn't being mindful of anyone else at that point in time. Yeah. So I thought I had done enough by suggesting that I was maybe gonna give food. <laughs> yeah, that that will and this is where And after I ate I realized how stupid that was. Yeah. This is where it goes to the honoring expectations or like clearly communicating expectations that our expectations were not effectively communicated. Like I was assuming and expecting that if you were going to go get food, that you were going to get food for both of us. And it wasn't communicated on your end that you were only getting food for yourself and that I needed to deal with myself tonight. And that's also where I think I said that too when you got home was like, well, that would have been great if you had communicated to me that you were only getting food for yourself because then I would have figured out something for myself. Mm -hmm. And really what I was saying is, I'm going to go get food, speak now, forever hold your peace. I was like, I'm working. I can't talk. (laughs) And then I got home and you're like, it doesn't work that way. I don't get to just hold my peace. I'm angry at you. (laughs) No, I was really hurt by you. Honestly, I wasn't like... Yeah, that's true. Because you felt like I didn't think you were important. Yeah, like there are some times where, yeah, immediately I'll feel anger and then, you know, you got to unpack it. But this time I I was just like sad. I was like, you didn't think of me for this? Like, what? I was just really sad. And. Yeah, no, thank you. I I know. And I know, I just don't like talking about it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like we handled that one well and we'll discuss some of their repairs and what those look like, but I don't really think that that one actually held any of the four horsemen, but it was definitely a withdrawal because it didn't feel like you were following through on a I guess perceived commitment mm-hmm. and that expectations weren't clearly communicated and it felt a little uncourteous. And it definitely included the fifth horseman of hanger. Yes, which is very real, especially <laughs> when your love language is waffles. <laughs> so I think similarly, when we were getting ready for this, right, I was like, we, we had a tiny little MC and I, in the end, you're like, I don't, I don't feel like you're, I think, I feel like you're still holding something back and I was like I'm hungry I haven't ate all day <laughs> and you got that right yes. I think that's that's that, that's an important communication channel too well and you know what that is that is separating the behavior from the person yeah like this is where one of the as we go through the repairs here one of them for me is keeping in mind context for a lot of our arguments, I take a step back and I'm like, okay, you know what? We are both so stressed. We both have been neglecting our own self-care. We're tired. We're hungry. We're stressed. Like no wonder we're going to have disagreements and MCs here and there. Part of it is where I have to step back and be like, I'm not blaming him for this argument. I'm not blaming myself. These are just really crappy circumstances right now. And like, we need to be leaning on each other instead of going against each other. Mm-hmm. We need each other. Mm-hmm. We need to be on the same level. <laughs> Page, I know. <laughs> Neither one of those are right. What? Which one? Team. Is it? Oh. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Derek, the same team. We never team. say on the same team. We always just say I'm on your team. Yeah, we need to be on each other's team. Yeah. On the same team. Sure. <laughs> so after going through withdrawals, deposits, the withdrawals was a lot. There was a lot of stuff there. 
You always have to unpack those. Yeah, you, you got to take the time to unpack those because like you said earlier, it can lead to a great deposit. Like working through those areas of conflict or negativity can help to bring you closer to a place of connection. And that's what you want for your relationships. Part of what John and Julie Gottman have discovered in their research is that the magic relationship ratio, which means the relationships that are pretty successful in terms of overall happiness and longevity, uh, have a ratio of five to one of positive to negatives. And that's the best approach to have when sitting down to talk about a problem. So the areas, the withdrawals that we were able to move through quickly have a higher ratio of positive to negative. Mm-hmm. And the ideal ratio is five to one. So for like the last example of withdrawal that we just used, we moved through that one pretty quick, or sorry, not the last one, but the the Joey example with friends. Mm-hmm. We moved through that one pretty quickly because I think we did come at it from a more positive place. And I think a big piece of that, one of the repairs that John and Julie Gottman talk about are physical affection, moving closer. And I mean, the fact that we were already spooning, I think made it really easy (laughs) for us to not uh, like start a big argument. Yeah. But so we need this balance of withdrawals and deposits and hopefully it's to that five to one ratio because we're gonna have conflict. We're gonna have MCs. It's gonna happen. It's yeah. okay. And part yeah. of like me abbreviating miscommunications to MCs is so that it doesn't feel as serious. Yeah, it just feels weight, right? Yeah, there's Way less, less weight on it. it when, fe- I, when I heard you say that for the first time, like I, I seriously, I, I was like, I love this. this. They don't feel like they're such a big problem anymore, and we can let like these these little things that really you said it a few months ago when we were having one of these and you said are we seriously to the point now where we have this conversation and we we unpack this whole thing and then in the end it doesn't even matter that it happened in the first place because we just love each other (laughs) well i was like i feel like you reach a certain point in a relationship where your mcs either make or break it where when you have an mc you are internally figuring out in your head if this relationship is something you want to continue with. Mm, mm -hmm. And it was like, for a while, it felt like a lot of the arguments and MCs we were having, they were so much bigger because we were still, for whatever reason, in this place of like, well, wait, are we still going to be together? And I was like... Yeah, this, we're still going to be together. Like, it's just an MC. Like, we're we're cool. Right. Like, it's going to happen. It's okay. Like, like, this doesn't mean that we're not going to... I mean, even this is another friend's example, actually, where Chandler, you know, he... When him and Monica actually start dating and they have their first fight and Chandler is like, oh, well, you know, it's been, like, really nice. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, I that's guess... right. <laughs> and she's like, what? Like, have you never been in a long term... <laughs> this makes a lot of sense. Because, uh-huh. like, he didn't know that... You know, you actually just work through these things and you just keep going. And so, yeah, it was like... I think for us, there was so much pressure early on. Everyone's like, oh, how long is your relationship going to last? How long is our relationship going to last? Yeah, putting bets on how on, long you guys are going to be together. Yeah, on like how many different websites. And that's that's just a lot of pressure to take on. And so we kind of like brought that into our own relationship and in our, in our subconscious a little bit, right? And then once we've moved past that, it's been a lot easier to just separate yeah. that action from the yeah. person, right? I was like, we we need to just understand that MCs are going to happen and, <laughs> and it's not a discussion of if if we still want to be in this. Like, we're in this. 
and we're going to have MCs and we're going to work through them and it's going to be okay. But a good ratio. But a good... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but trying to make sure that your ratio is good. So how do you make repairs? How do you move forward from withdrawals? We've talked a little bit about some ways to do that when we've worked through what the withdrawals were, but there's some other ones that we didn't specifically touch on that I think will be helpful for you guys in helping repair conflict, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with a partner, whether it's with a friend or a family member or a romantic partner or a coworker, whoever it is, uh, these are going to be some repairs that you can work on to help mend a conflict and increase that five to one ratio. So first, be interested. Ask questions. How to Win Friends and Influence People, one of my favorite books. That's the most important thing is that to be genuinely interested in other people. Mm-hmm. And it's such a simple, obvious thing that we all yeah. forget to do because we love ourselves more well, than yeah, we love we're thinking, else. Well, yeah, we're thinking about ourselves. <laughs> and uh-huh. part of what will allow you to make better deposits is asking open-ended questions, actively listening, and learning about that person. It's not about pretending to care about them. It's about actually, right? Yeah. Being interested in, genuinely being interested in Mm -hmm. someone else. Yeah. Like that was something, I mean, our first few conversations in paradise were like three hours long. And granted, that's at the beginning of the relationship when you're like trying to learn about each other, you know? So No, you hang up. (laughs) It was like, you walk away. (laughs) Your producer come get you. (laughs) Um, but poor Diggy was waiting over there at the beach for you to leave. Yeah, Diggy was trying to swoop. He was like, then 15 minutes went by, then 30 minutes went by. Then I was like, damn, it's been an hour. They still talking. (laughs) And then three hours went by. And then three hours went by and we were still talking and asking each other questions. And I think that really helped for the relationship to get pretty deep and feel really like connected and feel really bonded to each other early on. But then also to make sure to continue to do that throughout the relationship, especially when conflict occurs, because you can dig deeper into why this is an issue and and why it creates this reaction for that person. Like us working through all the finance stuff, you know, like you're asking open questions and you're trying to get to know why this is an issue for me. And like, you're genuinely interested because you want it to be a positive interaction that we have. I mean, we're people, we're not robots, right? So continue to evolve and get to know other people around you. We can't read each other's minds, so ask an open-ended question. Mm -hmm. So second, express affection, which I have to say Derek is really good at, especially in conflict. And sometimes the example I'm going to use here is in Subway. Yeah, you talked about this before. Yeah, so I shared this on Instagram that we went to this event and we were arguing like right before the event, we'd had an MC. I don't even remember what it was about anymore. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> That's why it's an MC. No, no clue what it was about. And um, we were arguing and it was super cold and we didn't want to be right in front of the events. We were trying to like, we were going to go into a Starbucks. The Starbucks was closed. We tried to go into like a Walgreens. That was 7-11. closed. Seven <laughs> Eleven, And then we ended up in Subway. And we were, we we were arguing. We wanted to smell this was, like Subway when we left yeah. though. <laughs> I was definitely starting to like stonewall in the conversation. You could tell I was starting to stonewall and you like 
put your like you asked to like hold my hand and I like didn't respond and then you literally just like put your hand like on my arm and just reached out and gently touched me and I remember literally it just like it swooped over me this softness and then I felt immediately defensive and was like no I want to be mad right now. Why are you touching me and making me feel better about this? I don't want to connect with you. I was being really stubborn internally. And then I was like, no, you know what? He's being really sweet. I had to respond to this affection. And then there have been other times too where like when we sit down to have a conversation and we can tell we're both already a little bit emotionally triggered or or fueled, we'll like hold hands Mm -hmm. while we talk. And we reach each other in such a more gentle place when we're actually being physically affectionate. It helps reduce the stress and just like it's already a deposit currently happening. Mm-hmm. Well, it touches my love language, my biggest one. So I think that's why I naturally, yeah, go, that's why I naturally go and do that because it's my way of doing a self deposit. So I mean, I, I'm just glad that it also <laughs> is a deposit for you because it very well could not be. Exactly. So third, demonstrate that they matter. This is where like you ask your girlfriend what she wants to eat when you're picking up food (laughs) to come home. (laughs) So small things often. Show someone that you don't think you live by yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Uh, One thing too that, that you do actually is like you'll send me a podcast or you'll send me an article like in the middle of the day that like made you think of me and I always think that that's really sweet because that's just like a small thing that you do sometimes the little things are more important than the big things they are fourth uh intentional appreciation so you spoke you kind of touched on this at the beginning of the episode talking about if you know how negative things are easy to focus on and that we have to intentionally focus on the positive and I think I did this tonight, actually, coming yeah. to pick you up. I was going to say that. So I think you're much better at this than I am. And a lot of that comes from I, I just like really react to other people's energy around me. You do. I can like I suck everybody's energy in. And it's been it's really good for me when I'm like in sales mode and I'm trying to connect with people. It allows me to kind of chameleon a little bit. And but when it comes to people, if a lot of people are anxious or there's like a lot of negative energy going on, it's... You're I, like reacting, yeah, bouncing off of I that. struggle to, to be, to not react. And so I think you're very good at, at saying, like you redirect both of us a lot of times where you say, okay, here's what I think is going on. And I think we need to be in this mindset instead. And that's like very important to our relationship. Yeah. And tonight coming to pick you up, I was like, you know, okay, we haven't seen each other all day. This morning was a little stressful and, you know, I'm going to go pick him up with positive energy and I'm going to be excited to see him. And I'm just going to be like, I'm going to get in this positive energy mode and was really positive when I came in and saw you. And even like, we may think positive things about our partners and we're just thinking them, but like, express that any small positive thing that comes in your head say it Mm -hmm. like I think I was doing this last week with your hair like your hair got to a length and I really (laughs) liked it and I would just look at you and in my head I'm like god his hair looks really good like 
he looks really handsome. And I would just like, I feel like I said it a lot where I was like, your hair looks really nice today, baby. Like your hair looks really good today. Like you look really good. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. And so also the fifth, finding opportunities for agreement. So again, this is like remembering you're on the same team. If there's, if you're finding that there's areas of tension, try to literally seek out opportunities, things that you guys both agree on, you guys both like, and try to find a common ground there. I would hope that should be easy because you probably like each other in the first place (laughs) for a reason. (laughs) Yes. And lastly, which is, I think one of the most important repairs is empathizing and apologizing. And I remember early on in our relationship, I learned that when you reach a certain point, you are very good at apologizing and owning up to mistakes or things that were hurtful that you've said or that you've done. And that was something I've super admired about you because in the past, people that I've dated have been so stubborn and just so out of the loop to even take any kind of responsibility to their actions or their words. So really appreciate the fact that you can apologize when it's needed. Yeah. And you do that with intention. Mm-hmm. You can't just like, it, otherwise it feels ingenuine. Yeah. And it's not, I'm sorry your feelings are hurt. Right. It's, uh, I'm sorry yeah. I hurt your feelings. Right. I'm sorry that what I said, you know, hurt you. Yeah. And empathizing. I mean, you have to get there to a place within yourself to relate. And again, we've talked about empathy quite a bit in this episode with privilege last week. And it's especially important with the people that like you care about when there is conflict. Because even though I was hurt at the fact that Derek didn't ask me if I wanted food when he was coming home, I also can understand that he was super hungry himself and just needed to get it done. And I can relate to that feeling. So I'm like, I get where you're coming from. It hurts my feelings, but I get where you're coming from. And for Derek, I'm sure you can relate and empathize with feeling hurt or feeling left out or feeling like I wasn't being thoughtful of you Mm -hmm. and communicating that. And so even to make all of those repairs, and there, there are many other repairs that you can make that we've discussed earlier on in the episode, but hopefully that list gives you a good starting point. I think... In order to even start with any of those, you have to take the first step in turning towards your partner or your friend or your coworker or your family. That turning towards that person and remembering like this person is in my life because I want them to be. And if you come to a point where you realize that this relationship has way too many withdrawals and there are rarely any deposits then that might be a relationship to look at and say that maybe this is a unhealthy relationship or a toxic relationship, or maybe it's a one-way relationship that really isn't providing you with anything. And all you're doing is giving that, you know, that that's not fair to you. And that's not a relationship that you deserve to be in and something to take a look at. Communicate that first. Yeah, definitely communicate that. because It's not a one-way decision either because then you're, mm-hmm. it's another yeah. one-way relationship, a different form. Absolutely. And that's where you do have to take a look at the withdrawals and see where are they coming from. 
why are these occurring? What is it about me that's bringing it to this interaction? And what is it that this person is bringing to the interaction? And try to work on some of those repairs that we've talked about here today. And I think honestly, a good step too, like I said earlier, something Derek and I have done is, you know, on a long car drive, we'll listen to a podcast together and we'll go through and like pause every like... (laughs) three to five minutes, it seems like. And one of us will have something to share on it. And then it becomes a bonding experience for us. So, you know, maybe you guys share this with your loved one, whether it's a friend or a romantic partner and can start to focus on building up your emotional piggy banks and adding some deposits in there so that you feel more fulfilled in your life and in the relationship and in turn, have more energy in your life for other things that you're passionate about and are creating in your own life. And when your banks are full, come open your account with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for talking with me about it today. I feel like it was definitely needed and I wanted to just have, like, I feel like we have, like, one of our deposits is going through and, like, learning relationship stuff with each other and talking about those kinds of things. So, you know, I really appreciate that we both took the time to sit down and talk about this stuff together. And we could have been doing many other things with our time and Mm -hmm. we could have just totally avoided doing this altogether. But I really enjoy this part of our relationship and that you're, like, just as passionate and excited about talking about this kind of stuff as I am. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. So even though I feel like I am pretty versed in what an emotional piggy bank is, every opportunity that we take to talk about any of these things, I think the important thing to remember is that we may think we're experts on a number of things, but like just having these conversations with each other always at least ingrains like our understanding of how each other view these things, right? Yeah, it helps build our love map and helps us like learn more about each other even if yeah i know the gist of what an emotional piggy bank is but like going Mm -hmm. through different examples and granted you know maybe we go over more personal examples Mm -hmm. (laughs) together at a different time you know but i think even just refreshing ourselves on the information is really bonding and connecting it shows that we're genuinely interested in each other right yeah we're invested (laughs) i've invested in this emotional piggy bank (laughs) But thank you, sweetie, for coming on and talking with me about it and being vulnerable. Sweetie, how old are we, like 70? <laughs> <laughs> Love you, honey. You know I'm an old lady when my toes are so cold all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate you. And I love you. Love you too. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to this Emotional Piggy Bank episode right before Valentine's Day. I hope that you guys have a great one and that you connect with a loved one in your life, whether it's romantically or platonically or familiarly. (laughs) And I would love to hear you guys' feedback on this episode and what you guys are taking away from the content of this. So please go leave a review on iTunes so I can learn more what you guys are liking. And you can also shoot me an email at ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com with suggestions for topics or follow-ups or anything. And you can also find the podcast on Instagram at letstalkaboutit underscore podcast. You can find my lovely man, Derek, on Instagram at Derek. That's P-E-T-H-D-E-R-E-K. 
also on the Twitters. He really enjoys the Twitters. So (laughs) enjoy him on there. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. And I look forward to talking with you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing. Help save lives. And so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.